Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacom Chelsea podcast. Today I've got Louis Beneventi. I think I've said it right this time. Anyway, Louis from 100% Chelsea. We talk about all sorts of Chelsea things. We review a couple of games. We preview a couple of games. We talk about Callum Hudson-Odoi, Willian, Iguain, Alonso, the lot. So getting straight into it, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, boys and girls, welcoming to the podcast, the 100% Chelsea man himself, Louis Benevente. Benevente said right, is that correct, Louis? Benevente. Benevente. Don't worry, everyone gets it wrong. It's really long and really hard to pronounce. Well, so. I, I was hoping I'd, I'd be one of the first to get it right. <laughs> it's, it's tough. No, it's even, it was, I've, when I went, I did stuff with Sky and BT as well. They're like, so this is how you say it. Uh, yeah, this is how you say it. And okay. they still get it wrong and they're like... It's fine, but don't worry. It's fine. You, you, you're the closest that anyone's actually been. First time we're trying. So, okay, well, I tell you what, mate. Don't worry about Sky and BT because you've made it now. You're on the Anchor <laughs> Chelsea podcast. Um, how you doing, mate? How's your day been? I'm, I'm not. I'm not bad. I've, I've been really ill today. I kind of. I went to because obviously I was at the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game and at the mm. ladies yesterday. Oh, good. And I had this chest infection, which has slowly been developing, and then mm. yesterday hit. So I've been like I was I've been in bed all day today, just kind of sat there, just going right, recover. Just try and shift it, but I, so, yeah, yeah. I, I shifted it and it's it's good to go now. So, well, you're a I'm trooper, a, mate. I'm a, so. I'm a, uh, mate, I'm not a trooper. I'm not a trooper. Just a, like some tent. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for coming on, mate. Um, we'll talk about 100% Chelsea at the end, but Louise, you you'll see him all over sort of YouTube, um, a broadcast, an up and coming uh, broadcast YouTube specialist, I'd say. Uh, true, a true Chelsea fan and a top geezer by all accounts. So uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to have you on, mate. I've been, I've been waiting to come on. I've been I've been following Twitter, listening to the podcast, and they're going, "When's he going to get me?" Uh, I'm just, there you I'm go. just waiting for it now. And then I saw the message. I was like, "That's my day, mate. Have some of that." Well, there you go, mate. We've landed. So, the podcast today, me and Louis, we're going to be chatting all sorts. In part one, we're going to be reviewing two games that are, you know, full of narrative for different reasons. The uh, semi-final result against Spurs. The um, Spurs who are in need of Viagra because they can't get past the semi. Sorry, I had to get something out, like like one of those jokes out. <laughs> uh, Sheffield Wednesday game, of course, a couple of nights ago. Um, and in part two, we'll, we'll preview a couple of games. But just quickly before we get into the reviews, mate. Drew Manchester United, um, your thoughts on that quickly? I'm shitting myself. Oh, I mean, let's be honest. I kind of I, I shit myself at every game. I was shit myself at Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. Yeah. Kind of sat there going, the FA Cup, like, I might do it. You know, the fans are <laughs> quite loud. I don't know. And then when two went, when two goals went, and I kind of relaxed a little bit. But then yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of I, I, I'm always nervous at every game. But Manchester United at the minute, they're they're looking like the real deal. Um, they are. They are. But I tell you what, I, yeah. I, I'll give you my thoughts on it as well. And also I, for you being a bit nervous or shitting yourself at that game yesterday. Obviously, it was Jack. Jack filled of like narratives as well with Iguain and you know the Hudson the Doy stuff, which we can talk about in a bit, a little bit. But um, so yeah, there was all sorts. Uh, even though it was Sheffield Wednesday, there was a little bit more narrative riding on that game that might have put the average fan on edge, if you know what I mean. Yeah, completely but, um, agree. Cool. Yeah, but my my thoughts on it quickly. I'd actually rather play Man United than Arsenal at the moment. Now that sounds ridiculous, right? Because of the respective form of the two teams, but. Ever since Conte came to Chelsea, the, 
Oh, I know we beat them 3-2 at the bridge, which was a miracle at early doors this season, but they've had some sort of weird hex on us ever since Conte joined the club, like Wenger, and it's sort of maybe tipped over to Emery a little bit, but, you know, I I feel like the players have some sort of, like, um, some sort of psychological thing against mm. Arsenal at the moment, but we love playing United, Hazard loves scoring high-profile games against United, and I feel that... Even if we do, I know they're a highly counter-attacking side under Solskjaer, but I feel like he does always leave two up. And if when we have possession, a lot of teams don't leave two up. And I feel like we might break the lines a bit more. And we're at home. I don't know. We might fancy it. But, no, um, I, I can see that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think. Yeah. I think. I, I, I think that. The, the, it's interesting you mentioned the two up front and breaking the lines a bit more because mm-hmm. I think that's something which, which we definitely could counter against, but. The biggest thing with that well as well is the fact that it's going to be constant pressure on the back mm. and the way that Man United are playing at the minute, they're, they're playing like, you know, obviously Solskjaer was the reserve manager under Fergie and there was a very strict style that's been enforced and he's basically gone to him and said, let's just play like that again, mm. a bit more freedom. Yeah. And I think playing playing with freedom is always something that I, I worry about, whatever the team is, because it's kind of a case of that regardless of what's going on, mm. they run at you with no fear. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. something. That's something which, when I look at it, um, that, that, that's the, that's that's the negative work. It's a glass half empty mm. approach. But I think it's kind of a case of at the same time, if they're going to be playing with freedom, like you're saying, that does offer us the opportunity to move the ball around them. Mm. Um, and I think that's something which, as much as everyone's talking about sorry ball and how amazing it is, and in the future, and how it will look good in the future. If it was sorry ball three years down the line, like and we're playing like we Napoli are playing, mm. then uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think we could more, break yeah. it loose yeah. But yeah. I think it's kind of the case. We're still that. It's still the baby phases. It's it's the, we're still a little bit. Well, you know, too you, slow. You could you, you could make comparisons. It, and parale- yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. You can make comparisons and parallels to when Sorry first came to the club, and we were like flying high for like X amount of mm. games, and I think we were top of the league a few weeks in, and you know, that could be. You know, we'll see what happens when Solskjaer takes an ill, and you know, and see if Iguain beds in. I don't know. I think it's like an exciting tie. Um, but yeah, you forget as well. He was around the club he's a, 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 a Ole is around the club and he's a hero but they got Mike more than a feeling back mate and uh, I think it didn't he say like he was the main reason behind the scenes Fergie was successful and all some sort of yeah, nonsense it, like that it was always like number two wasn't it Mike, yeah. it was Mike Feeling Steve McLaren when he was the number two and Carlos is it Kedosh is that how you pronounce his name maybe I don't know but yeah the band's back together I don't well, we'll see what happens with that but um Let's segue, um, because they obviously, well, I should have done this better as a host. I could have basically brought in the potential managerial target of Pochettino going to United. But why would they want to get rid of Solskjaer's success when Pochettino looks like he could be uh, a bottling manager? Okay, that's not fair, because I'm trying to make some sort of segue to the Spurs game here. <laughs> to be honest, that is, that is a very good segue. I was there, It would have been. There's nothing, no, it is, but tell you what it is, because it's the way people never see it. It's always people, it's too polished. Everyone sits there and, and says, oh, you know, you need to do it like this, you need to do it like that. The way you said, you gone, you know, it's kind of a bottle job. Maybe I'm not too sure, but let's talk about Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, disclaimer. It yeah. works. So it w- it works. Thanks, mate. But, you know, football purists out there screwing at me, like, oh, we had injuries and that, but, you know, like, eight, like 98% of the listeners are Chelsea fans, so no problems with that. <laughs> um... All right, so let's look at the the tangibles. They are without their three best players. Even Sissoko 
you know, fucking... Oh, there's so many issues there, there, but it is Spurs, and you didn't know what was going to happen, but... um. Yeah, I'll just let you. I'll let you have a. How did you feel about? It? Did, you, did you go to the game? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was, I was there. I was yeah. How do you feel? Right. T- yeah, take me through. Um, yeah, okay, so Louis at the, uh, at um at a game at the bridge, nervous as usual. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no matter who it is, I'm there going, "Oh God, we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose." But it's the way you look at it. You know, if you look at it, you know, it's gonna. If you set your expectations low mm. in life. If it goes past that, it's amazing. Everything feels so much better. Yeah. So I learned it the hard way through my sex life, but you know, other than yeah. that, it kind of just it just cracks on. But approach no, with caution. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Actually, got one wonky eye. Yeah, right. We'll be okay with that. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of so. It's kind of a case of I went to the game. Obviously, standard standard deal. I I came from so I, I I'm at uni. So I live in London, but I was it was uni's been on a break, so I was in Kent. Right. And I was actually running late uh, because the tubes, I don't know what it is, but I, so I come from a place called Tunbridge Wells, get on the train at Tunbridge Wells, get to Charing Cross, uh, and I go, walk down to Embankment, get the district line to Wimbledon. Thing is, how long district, does that take? That take, well, from Kent or from. Oh, right. Tran- well, no, no, yeah. But uh, do you, do you, do you, do you, so you don't live in London? I, no, so I, I do live in London. I right. do live, but I, I was down seeing family. Oh, sorry. Excuse um, me. Yeah, go on, mate. Yeah. It was you. I was off from uni, so it's kind of a case. I'll go down to Yeah, 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 sure. Um, and uh, so that takes from door to door from Kent to Stamford Bridge takes me an hour and a half. Um, but that day it decided to take two hours because only that. But uh, the trains were running late as well, mm. so everything was kind of it was all falling apart. But I got yeah. to bridge on time. That's good. Uh, and it was it was buzzing. Uh, I just missed, so I came I came out of Fulham Broadway, and you, you might you might have seen it on Twitter and stuff. But there was a massive fight just outside the station. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, between Chelsea and Tottenham fans. I came out just afterwards. Um, walked down the road. Didn't look like anything had happened. But I bumped some mates, and they said, "Oh, you know, this has happened." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, brilliant. I'm going to sounds great. It already sets the tempo. But you could already feel there was a it, – it wasn't ominous, but it was very It was very tense. Mm. Um, but we cracked on doing well. I think Lewis was doing the lineup announcements. I walked over. We always stand by the traffic lights um, on uh, for the Fulham Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just before the game, we do our lineup announcement. We have a chat with people that walk past, just talk about the game amongst ourselves. Mm. Uh, um, because, well, for me, I, I, the case, I, the reason I do it is, uh, unfortunately, one of the downsides of of working on a match day is you can't exactly get absolutely slaughtered pre-game. Um, of course, yeah. you, you, you can have one or two, but you yeah. can't get slaughtered. So I, I, I don't really like getting slaughtered. I, I just because I, I I always want to get as much of my sort of compass mentis brain and watching the football, like you know, it's like I, I like some I like being I was sitting in different places, but. It's fun being in the Matthew Harding or the Shed, but there's something nice if you want to bit put your analytical hat on about being in the West Upper. <laughs> like yeah, no, pro- no, it's... proper plastic. <laughs> fucking sandwich. What's going on there now? No. Oh, yeah, for me, I, I, yeah, I, I don't like getting drunk that often. Full stop. Anyway, in, in and out of football, it's just not why. Well, yeah, post half yeah. next day. Yeah, but it's um, it's kind of a case of yes. Yeah, so we went in, and honestly, best atmosphere at the stadium. Uh, in ages, mm. genuinely, I, I'd put it up there with when we were at that two-two with uh, with Spurs to stop to get help Leicester win the league. Mm. Those are the two best atmospheres yeah. I've been in at Stamford Bridge. Um, Lovely. 
I've been, I've been actually one of the other ones as well that I'm probably forgetting about, but that, that, it was honestly amazing. And I really did think it played a massive part in how we played that day as well, mm. irrespective of what Spurs had in front of us. Because we, that first half was the best performance of the season, in my opinion. I just thought we were so fluent, so fluid in how we were playing our football. We were moving the ball quickly. We were exposing them in spaces where normally when we're playing that style of football, we're tapping the ball about and we're not really looking to get into those gaps. Um, how we were looking up and being more direct as well and switching up our game. Mm. And instead of sometimes just playing side to side and having three passes to string together, you'd have that one direct one that would go straight across and it would pull the play. Um, and it was made evident by the fact that Eric Dahl was having to foul everybody at any given opportunity. Oh, mate, yeah. The, the refereeing in that game was pretty dismal because we weren't getting the decisions early doors. And by the time the second half, Spurs were putting uh, more challenges in and stuff. Um, uh, sorry, we, we put the odd challenge in, excuse me. Mm. We were getting yellow cards out of nowhere first offences and light offences he was almost yeah. like conditioned to the earlier part of the game who, who, was, see, there? Yeah. who was there um, was it Atkinson I can't remember it was Martin Atkinson yeah yeah, yeah. alright alright Lewis so let's go for the game mate let's talk about triple nutmegs <laughs> that was bad, yeah man I mean oh, when, when I think I remember when N'Golo Kante scored the first goal against that City victory the 2-0 um, I think I had a similar... Uh, I, I was looking after my niece, actually. I mean, when I first... The, at the City game, I think I took my shirt off and I started, like, fucking... Had some weird homoerotic re- wrestle with my mate. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like... No, the way for that. Who's a Fulham fan as well. It went a bit weird. Um, anyway, so... Um, yeah, I, I was holding my, I was looking after my baby niece at the time. This game, so I was watching her home on the TV, and I, I just, I literally, she was like asleep, so I had this like weird, like tense moment, like when I just wanted to like throw the baby, <laughs> like I couldn't believe, but yeah, it was such a great, like it's so great watching Ngolo Kante score, and it, it, it's worth mentioning. Obviously, this was this game was off those um those comments from sorry that were perceived differently by fans and people in the media like you know certain idiotic pundits were saying that you know he's trying to he's done something incredibly silly and you can't do this to the Chelsea board and then some people were praising him for having the cojones and then sorry himself mm. came out and was like no I'm not attacking my players I'm just saying look this is the issue he's such an you know I think he's quite an honest dude turns out that was a good move and what for me um is testament to that is I know he's a humble dude, but Kante scored that goal, but he, he, I know he's never, like, mega into celebrating, but he's just waving people back to the centre line. He's like, come on, let's get on with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, so, he's quality. Yeah, he's quality. So, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on the first half, generally, on, on, the, on mm-hmm. the dominance, but obviously, Eden Hazard scores that goal as well. Ball comes across. Um, you know, opposition fans are calling it a tap-in, but I think that was a great finish, the way he sort of mm. guided that into the corner. But um, how are you feeling in the stadium about that first half? What was the buzz? How did you feel about the performance generally? The buzz the buzz was there. I mean, I think the fact that uh, that first leg, everyone was... was they were, We were disappointed because, obviously, we, we were the better side in the first leg. We, we were getting the balls into the box, but we just didn't have the centre-forward to finish it off. And... Uh, and Spurs obviously got that penalty. VAR or not, agree with it or not, for me at the end of the day, that that, that was a pen. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of a case of they put it away. The only thing that matters at the end of the day, no matter how well you play as a score in the top corner, uh, and to be honest, that's how we won the Champions League. Mm. So if anyone sits there and moans about all of that, I sit there and go, well, you know, as Chelsea fans, we can't really be in a position to do that. Yeah. Um, 
but it's kind, it's kind of a case of uh, we were watching that game. You know, I think we went two 0 up, and I was just again doing what I do, where I was saying, right, okay, so I'll feel comfortable when there's three because that two. I, I, I it feels ironically... like it should have been maybe three in that first half. I don't know. I felt like yeah, it was no, dominance. It have been. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely had the dominance, but again, it came down to that lack of a, a clinical finisher. I think Giroud, as, as as much as he didn't score. I thought he had a superb game because he mm. uh, he does the shit that people don't see. Yeah. That's like if you're in the stadium, I think the, one of the luxuries that you have is you yeah. can focus on one player rather than having to look what Sky or BT or BBC puts directly in front of you. Of course, and I like yeah. to watch Giroud a lot because of the way he he kind of sets balls up and the way he moves. I mean, prime example of what he does for the team was that Willian goal yeah. um, for Chef uh, the, uh, the other day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But it's kind of a case of you know, it's a case of he he. Even though he did, he should have scored a header at the end. Mm. He was clean through on a couple of occasions. Yeah, it could have been three. But now, hopefully, with Gonzalo Higuain, see he was unveiled at half time. Mm. Um, I, I think that we might might start seeing that. But I think in that first half, we 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 were very dominant. We like mm. I'm saying, we were moving the balls faster. We were looked stronger, and I really think the fans had a massive part in that because if we had an atmosphere like we did in that game every single week, you look at the atmosphere that we generate when when Chelsea are playing well and it does have an effect and then when we're going for them it does slowly drain i i, I can't say i'm not one of those people that doesn't go to players because i am very critical that's just the way i am mm. um you know if there's a standard which people have set they should try and keep themselves to that standard yeah absolutely. Um, and it's kind of a case of they set the standard for me in that game i think it was that that was that game and burnley away where i look at it and look at it and go probably the two best performances of the season uh, and you can kind of see the mentality was there uh, from the Chelsea players especially in the penalty shootout right at the end mm. that's where you can see it really mattered to him okay. uh, and, the, the, and the, on, when we talk about with Sarri as well yeah. it, it did have an impact you could yeah, tell I agree should. it was a roll of the dice but it had certainly had a positive impact and that's what mm. we're talking about now so a great dominant first half like you say the second half Early doors, I think they had one shot, one shot on target was Lorente. You know, he sort of got between, you could say bad defending, but he really did squeeze between two defenders and made it count. Um, They had that short period of comeback. And then the rest of the game was Chelsea trying to ensure it doesn't go to penalties. Uh, Like you say, Giroud should have made the headlines with that final header. uh, and before I, I want to talk about a few players in this, but just to pick up on what you said, Giroud, yeah, I've watched him a few times in the stadium as well. How even if he's not doing the one tap link ups or layoffs, he is occupying defenders. He's a very savvy, uh, experienced Premier League number nine. So when he's like, you know, doing the right thing and getting in the centre back's heads, unlike, you know, something that's something Morata couldn't do, he just got, got inside his own head. Um, uh, but yeah, we got no, yeah. I want to I pick your brain about loads of stuff for today, man. And Morata isn't one of them. So let's keep the ball rolling. But it did, uh, it did, uh, so, you know, there was a lot of Chelsea pressure towards the end. Chelsea throughout the 90 and throughout the both legs were the better side. And I think, you know, the most neutrals would agree with that. Um, before we get on to the penalties, Emerson, shouts for Emerson, excellent game. Um, mm. uh, like like Giroud, um, well, no, not like Giroud, is a bit of a Chelsea cult hero, but Marcus Alonso was early doors, but... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll be in agreement that he's been, whatever your opinions are of Marcus Alonso, he has been very poor this season. 
Um, mm. My my take on Alonso is that he he's a striker that for some reason in his career got played at wing back and and um, and full back yeah. because you know he's, he can score a header, he can score a volley, he's a poacher, he can score a free kick, he can do all these things. He's great in the box and he's got a wicked left foot, but for mm. some reason even though he's slow and you can't really tackle very well, he's playing at this position. Like, And I always say in this podcast that op- for opposition fans, when they see his offensive numbers uh, and, you know, Chelsea not being bad defensively generally, they were like, wow, you've got Alonso, you know, like your defence isn't awful when you've got this player that does all this shit offensively when really us Chelsea fans, we see these um, frailties uh, and we see the things we want from a fullback, mm. especially in this system, that in a lot of people's opinions, me too generally, but I want to see more to ferment this opinion, is Emerson looks more likely to have those attributes uh, in terms of, you know, how there's pictures of Hazard kissing him on the cheek and, you know, the link-up looks good and we've seen Hazard drop his shoulders and get in an arguments with Alonso. Um, your your sort of takes on the... And obviously he put that amazing cross in for Giroud at the end of that game, but y- your thoughts on the Emerson-Alonso conundrum? My thoughts on it is, uh, to, to add to another position, Alonso has played centre-back as well. He did that for Bolton, I believe. Right. Uh, so, but he's, he is a very much, he, he, he's been a fantastic servant for Chelsea, and there's no doubt about that. Um, and I think he, he, he worked out really well on a three-back system because he had the cover of another centre-half. Um, however, as you've already pointed out, he's slow. And yeah. that that is that that is the biggest thing. The fact that he is so slow that he can't he 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 gets up, but he just can't get back. And it's it's one of those where you have to have someone cover. And the way that we play, you're not having that cover. It's it's really complicated stuff, and it just doesn't make sense. I think mm-hmm. Emerson's much better in terms because he has that pace to get up and down that left hand side. Mm-hmm. In in a in a full back position, he he's who I'd prefer because, like we've already mentioned, yes. Alonso as a as a full back, it doesn't work. Mm. But but that is, it's like the like the uh, false nine striker debate. Wing back and full back are two very different um, mm. systems. Like one thing, I, I never felt when we're playing false nine. False nine suggests you have a number ten sitting deep with two wingers. What we're playing Hazard as an out and out striker, and he had to turn himself into a false nine in some situations. But he should have been the centre forward. That was that was his job. Mm. Uh, but it's kind of a case of interesting in terms, in terms of that, that's how I felt about it anyway. No, I agree. I agree uh, with you, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and but I think it's kind of a case of Emerson, like I was saying, in terms of going forward against Superb. But for me, both of them, their tackling just isn't quite there. Mm. I think if you, if you were to say to Alonso, stay back, yeah, it'd be okay because he's a big lad. But that's it. He's yeah. a big lad. That's that's you got a lump there. What's the point? Yeah. Uh, and then you'd be wasting this talent he has uh, going forward in the 18 uh, yard box <laughs> in the 18 yard box and when so i had someone sitting next to me say uh why is everyone slagging off Alonso? look there he's in the box and i said i put my head in my head in my hands i went yeah but he's a fullback <laughs> yeah. so, see, he's, he's supposed to be playing fullback not center forward <laughs> yeah, we yeah well you fullback, know he's in the yeah. box now and they're like oh, okay whatever I you know so what. Yeah. But it's it's a case Emerson right now is a better option. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and w- whether we'll see we, him develop his game, I feel, I feel like he deserves the time as well. You know, like, like you say, or like we've agreed on, he's got the speed. He's got certainly got the link-up play where he's got the crossing, which, uh, you know, there's that dismal stat about Alonso's completed crosses in the box, which is something like, you know, one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. 
Uh, you can see Emerson can cross. Now we've got a proper nine, whether it's Giroud or Higuain. They're both going to love that. And also, he, you know, Hazard likes the link-up play of him. And Hazard loves the link-up play of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He always like gives him a cuddle and jumps on him when they have a successful exchange that leads in a goal. So them all on that side could be an excellent, um, you know, combination forward play, this, that and the other. But... um. Yeah, yeah, so I, th- I think we're in agreement. We'll see how it goes with that. But let- let's go on to penalties before we move on to the next review. It seems quite fair to say that penalty shootout was quite Spursy. Ah, that's a good one. Thinking, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, it was. I, I mean, I think, to go, be honest, go on, mate, go on. Kepa, I think Kepa doesn't really get the credit. He's, I've been looking at it. He's, he's not been getting the credit he deserves for that penalty shootout because mm. he made a very good save from Lucas Moura. That was going right in the corner yeah. and he just got his hand to it. Yeah. Um, he fucking loves it I, as well, didn't he, Kepa? He oh, loves he did. it. Big Keith loves it. Now, mm. Everyone's sitting there calling him Kepa. You know, Ke- Kepa is my keeper, but I just call him Keith. Just Keith. do just do what every Brexit your dad does at Keith Chelsea. Keith to Dave, Dave back to Keith. Yeah, exactly. So like, oh, Zappa Costa, I can't say his name. We'll call him Frank. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a case of That's we'll deal it. with that. You've got Keith in goal, David right back. <laughs> David and Tony as the two centre-halves. You've got yeah. a proper Sunday league with it. Thing is, but I think though, it's kind of a case. Sorry, man, just, just quickly on that. Thing is, that sounds like it might be derogatory towards the players, but as a young Spanish guy, if you told him we'd given them out there, he'd probably fucking love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so go, I've been accepted. Yes, they've given me some cool, like, They've given me some like cool like English style name. But, yeah, Keith, and then when you look at it, you think how many blokes called in their mid twenties called Keith? Yeah, not many. I can't think. I, I genuinely know one Keith, and he's in his forties. Mm. Uh, it's a dying breed, a good old Keith. Like Gary, like, you know, isn't it? Um, it is. If they're a dime, yeah. Bring bring. back, bring back hashtag, bring back Keith and Gary. Um, all right, so yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dyer decided to um, make a fool of himself, and then it was uh, it was all good fun from there, and didn't even get need to get. Um, it would have been nice to see both Jorginho's hop, skip, and a jump, and Hazard's just general Iceman like yeah. assassin finish. But we had the Louise, the reminiscent Louise super run up, which is always lovely to see to to finish him off. And um, I think that's all Spurs deserve from our discussion for this portion of part one. So uh, let's move let's move on, Louis, and let's talk um, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, obviously, pre-game narrative was filled as soon as we saw the lineup. Uh, Ampadu playing the sort of Jorginho slash Regista role um, uh, and Higuain starting and then obviously the transfer nonsense with uh, Callum hudson which we can finish part one on but hopefully we don't spend too much time on it but how do you feel about the game? Mm. Um, again not one I could have gone to but atmosphere I thought was a bit lacklustre until the first goal or you know it wasn't the greatest performance in the first half but how, how did you feel about it I I thought we got the job done and I think that's what matters I think mm. in terms of cup competition and it's a case of you the best team on the day wins it and there's no point in you know, having a debate of whether or not um it's a uh, it's it's can be go look go well uh, well when I say have the debate have the debate afterwards going if something was different cup game you have one opportunity mm. we took that opportunity Sheffield Wednesday didn't it's as simple as that and I think like, it's kind of a case of you know when see, when you see the score like three goals clean sheet next round of the cup Thank it's you the, very di- much. The, the yeah yeah pretty much the, the, there's, there's always reasons to dissect I thought we were a bit slow but at the same time it's kind of a case of it was the youngsters in the side eight there's changes. A bunch of, 
yeah, guys that don't really play together that often, yeah. and we still won 3 0. That's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the sort of nitty gritty. I think Ampadu, I tweeted about Ampadu earlier about how he's played. Um, I've, at the bridge, I've, I didn't see him play the Jorginho role, but I've seen him play the box to box role. I've seen him play mm. centre back, and I watched him come on for right back, which is nuts. But he always sort of like holds himself really well on on the pitch mm. whether he's either like stopping fights or starting fights or uh putting tackles in um you know doing great distribution um my sort of like it, i i love the i love the guy right and i feel like uh, yeah. i feel like there's an issue at chelsea at the moment that the sort of chelsea of old never die proper chelsea have gone and it's almost like this 18 year old that we've only just just bought from exeter so he's a kid that's not even from the academy he's like almost like the most proper chelsea out of the lot <laughs> oh yeah he is you see you sit there and it's like yeah i've got my the reason i i am massive ampity propagandist i will say oh, that to yeah i love him so much the moment you saw old school center half Wales versus Denmark. If you have not seen that clip of him elbowing Casper Dolberg in the face, yeah, taking the elbow. Well, please, uh, Casper Dolberg went and hit him, and then afterwards he got up and went, right. Next challenge, show him his boss goes and punches the guy in the back of the head, and they're like, yeah. I remember last year as well. Like he. he, he put a clean tackle in on. I can't remember what cup game it was, but he put a clean tackle in on some like mid thirty year old player and uh he got the ball but they blew the whistle because the player had to come off injured <laughs> you know, there was no foul and he was going up to him like 17 years old like you're right mate sorry about that you're right <laughs> same with so joe ramos as well against spain he just sat there just went and clattered him oh shit sorry sergio you're right mate sorry i didn't mean to do that yeah, in his head going yeah. i just fucking clattered but was one of but was biggest hard men in the past yeah, 10 years yeah. hard men but, slash fucking worse but yeah 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 the same yeah. hybrid um yeah pretty much all right mate cool so yeah so he wasn't his best game in that position but it's such a taxing and strenuous position that i'm completely fine he completed passes he made like one mistake and He's just confident. He never looks rattled. Even if he made like one misplaced pass, he doesn't look rattled. So I was happy for him to play there. Um, you know, so I mean that that it was a little bit of VAR nonsense, but it was all right in my opinion. I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, oh yeah, of, I was. Yeah. I was on the second row, so I was literally. You could see when the William goal goes in. You can see me and Dom just stood watching the ball curling the net. Mm, um, lovely. Oh, it was superb. So, but yeah. it was kind of. Yeah, uh, he that challenge he made. Bang on! Uh, it was it was it was something that an eighteen year old makes. That is Although, like that is a seasoned professional that gets that perfect. Yeah, which is nuts, really, isn't it? But he did like he, I think the way he sort of I don't know if he was feigning injury, but there was probably a little bit of unsure. Like oh shit, maybe they're gonna pretend they hurt me. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting there going, ah, oh, better do something here. Yeah, What's yeah, going on? No fucking but, reaction. Okay, so. Um, else in the game, defense, defensively pretty good. I mean, they didn't offer much Wednesday. Um, okay, uh, but we're going to talk about the front three, I think, mm-hmm. probably the most prevalent sort of stuff to talk about here. So, Iguain quickly, he didn't get his goal. I think he, apparently he was on penalties if, if we got one, but Willian, so Willian offered it to him, and he's like, no, no, you take it, which... Um, you know, imagine if he missed a penalty. He's probably, no, 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 you take it, mate. And plus also it was Willian's 50th goal for the club. So that was nice yeah. to see from Iguain. But I was quite happy of him. He made that initial really good run, a couple of good touches, a sort of poor finish, but he was on the turn. But um, I think Joe Tweedy tweeted about this saying, our you know, midfield and wide players are going to have to get used to a, a striker who moves properly and certainly for the system. Um, how, how do you feel about Higuain's performance? I, I think Higuain... I think it's too early to sit there and 
and start critiquing the guy because he's, he's been in for like three or four days. Mm. Um, but I think that he was he definitely had an impact. Mm. I think you can you can tell by you can, already, for example, what someone said in fan camps yesterday. Oh, I compared him to uh, Avara Morata, and uh, he held the ball up. Uh, did whatever he needed to do, uh, and he didn't fall over. Mm. And that was the key words there when he didn't fall over yeah, with Morata. Uh, um, the comparison, I think he did what he needed to do, um, much like Giroud does as well. He was he wasn't really getting the goals, but he was being a good team player. Mm. Um, unlike Giroud, they're very. Di- I mean, they're both like nines, but he was making these like constant like six oh, yeah, yard was, box runs in like wait, yeah. you know, like he's he, obviously a muscle memory and sorry ball um, coming back, like expecting those balls to come in, and they will, I think personally, you know. Mm. Well, they'll, they'll they'll come eventually, mm. but it's a case of you. Look, I'm not gonna lie, you do look at this team, and uh, when they they just. When, what I've seemed to notice this year is when we have a false nine or a little man, we cross the ball. When we had Giroud, a big fuck-off, six-foot-odd guy in the box, we don't cross it. Yeah. So I'm kind of sat there going, yes, they go, right, we've got to send the forward. Cross. And yeah. they just do it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it just does my nothing. Yeah. Um, I think, again, we're going to have to, like you said already said, we're going to have to learn to have a centre forward again. Mm. Um, well, Joe, I'm, it, I'm it, just it, echoing it, Joe Tweedy there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, what Joe said. Mm. Uh, still doesn't follow me on Twitter, Joe. Where's where's me follow back, mate? I'm I'm actually really sad about that. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of a case of I'm joking. Uh, uh, but it's kind of a case of the um, the nature of the beast. I, I feel we just, we've just got to learn to adapt again. Um, and again, that's something which is going to take a little bit more time. I give him a month to settle and then look at then and go, ah, is he doing? What's he doing? What can he change? Okay, look at the next month and then. Well, that's when you start properly critiquing guy. Yeah, well, what you can't critique him on is the Milan loan because of how they were trying to play without a midfield. Whenever he plays in a, a, a team that's got quality from the back to the front, like Chelsea has, you know, the ability in the midfield, he's always mm. scored goals. He might, like, mm. bottle it in finals, but we've got Eden Hazard for that, you know. Like, we've got, like, you know, Willian can... T- I'm not saying Willian's going to be around much longer, but we can- we'll talk about him next. But we've got players that can score in a high-profile game, you know. We've got a superstar for that. He doesn't need to be the superstar. He just needs to be the main man for your generic games, for your Leicesters, for your West Hams, to put away the goals that when we didn't. And he'll do that, you know. That's what that's what he that's what he does. So, um... So that, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, that's what he needs to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, and, and he's always he's always been the number one, and if and that's what makes him strong, knowing he's the number one, which is completely the opposite to Morata in terms mm. of being number one. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk. I want to talk about Callum Hudson-Odoi at the end of uh, part one, but let's talk about William. Um, Performance-wise, it does a few little bits. He won back possession imp- impressively a couple of times, probably after giving it away. But he reclaimed it. He shows he shows good in you know industrial effort sometimes. Um, obviously, great penalty and a great goal. Um, he, he, we all know he scores good goals like that. The odd worldie every seven mm-hmm. seven months. But um, his goals to minute ratio in. In the Premier League, for Chelsea generally, for a man of his talents, it's not been good enough. I'm not like a, I don't give him hate or anything, but I think in the in the age of when wingers are like people prolific, people like Salah and you know Raheem Sterling and our ambitions for wingers of, of sorry, excuse me, of of winning trophies or whatever, we we need someone. You know, even Pedro's more prolific for than than Willian now. Mm. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, no. go, on, go on, mate. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, on I, I, I agree. I think that 
I, I, I had never really been someone who's looked at Willian. When he was getting a lot of shit last year, I was kind of like, oh, everyone should be getting shit. You know, we need to just deal with this season and move on. Then I looked at the stats over the summer and uh, I went, uh, you know what? And I, I, I am not one of those people that sits there and goes, stats are a massive part of the game. But if you do look at stats, look at the primary ones. Look at goals, look at assists. Anyone, for example, there was someone who tried to argue with me saying, William's been amazing for us. He's got the, made the most goal-scoring opportunities in the Europa League. Like I was saying, he's a very talented player. He plays for Chelsea Football Club. At that stage in the Europa League, we're probably the best club in it. I'd expect one of our wingers to be doing that, and it just turns out to be him. So, mm. fucking brilliant. Well done. What do you want to say now? Goals and assists, he hasn't been getting enough. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a case of I... We we need to have someone who, like we're already saying, who needs to be able to deliver that. Pulisic could be that person, but I think hudson Adoy is kind of someone who we'd need to keep hold of to do that. But obviously, we'll yeah. come on well, to yeah, him in a minute. Keep your power to draw on that, Louis. But, um, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, yeah, with, with, I mean, Pedro scores more, I think, in terms of minutes and shots. He's he's more of a marksman than, than mm. Willian, and he's very, he's good at pressing Pedro. He sort of scampers all over the place, but I think he is a year older. It looks like we, we won't have both of them for long. It's just frustrating with Willian, because when he has a good game, everyone loves him. You know, Hazard bloody loves him. Um, and, and it's nice to see him when he scores, but, like, to have half... The, I know he's <laughs> probably half the player of Hazard, but didn't we sign him about the same time? And he's just scored his 50th goal and Hazard's on 100. Yeah. And Hazard also playmakes and does all these brilliant things and dribbling and gives other people goals. You know? Yeah, I mean, like we, like we said, he's not really... He's a completely different player to Eden mm. Hazard. He's, I don't think it's fair to do that comparison. I think the no, Pedro comparison's more fair. Yeah. To be honest, Pedro, like we're already saying, he's a marksman. I don't understand why we didn't play him down the middle in the false nine. Yeah, that's the, what I said pre-season, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, he he played there for Barcelona. He, mm. he scored goals there. He knows what he's doing. I've already scored, seen him score goldies. Yeah, I think he just thought that Dries Mertens being a B Tech Hazard and he exploded in the nine. He thought Hazard might be, might have just learned his lesson now. Um, yeah. All right, yeah. And also, Willian doesn't do himself any favours when he you know misses a couple of sitters and doesn't cross. That would have squared an easy goal earlier in the season, you know, when he's got said yeah. numbers, he just doesn't do himself any favours. Well, but it's, 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 it's Willian and Alonso who, when you look on the counter this season, where everyone else would be going at the speed of light, they always seem to be the ones that stop it and then allow the team yeah. to get back. Which is and annoying because Willian's quick, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, anyway, anyway, let's. let's, let's, let's I mean, look, go on, mate. You, you look at the system. I think a prime example I like to talk about is me, me and my dad. Had discussion and now Mario's been going to Chelsea for 45 years, um, so he's, he's proper Chelsea, right? Yeah. And he sits there and he, he likes to analyze games. And He was saying, You look at how we're playing, he's not a fan of right. sorry, Paul, he's not convinced by it, yeah. Um, and I, I think, to be honest, I think the argument he gives it's all completely warranted. I am, I'm, I'm not convinced by it, but obviously, he where he's saying that's it, I've had enough, this mm. is bollocks. Mm-hmm. I'm still going, Oh, well, we'll see, let's let's figure it out, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's when you sit there and you forget again, Bournemouth, we could go on the counter, we could score a goal, but we stop and then they go, right, 11 men behind the ball. All right, lads, come on, let's play football, let's mm. go. And then Willian gets the edge of the box, turns, passes it back. Mm. Alonso gets the other end, turns, gives it to Willian, who then passes it back again. And yeah. you're kind of there just going, you know, these are lads that are capable of taking people on. But like, and we've like, seen that in seasons previous. Yeah, but like you said earlier in the pod, uh, Louis, th- this. This isn't sorry, Ball. Sorry, yeah, exactly. the, sorry would be the first to admit that. You know, you'd watch some of Napoli's executions. They they pull you out of position and they basically walk the ball in the net. You know, and it's beautiful to watch. You know, I always always echo the same sentiment of 
you know, Arigasaki, um, Pep Guardiola, they they all absolutely love Sari and all had dinner together because they see him as like equals in terms of like beautiful footballing philosophy. I know, again, it's the proper football man thing that doesn't necessarily like that. But when they do mm. see it executed, and we might bang, a, you know, three goals against a high profile side. You know, all the older gen, you know, my old man's a Chelsea fan as well. They might all start going, oh, it's actually quite nice, you know, so. Yeah, no, that, this is it. I mean, my, my dad's, I'm much like my dad in terms of the mentality of, uh, I don't care how the ball goes in, just yeah. get it in the back. We just want to win, mate, net. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, but the, thing, that's of, the thing, we're not, like, entitled, like, in terms of like what United fans are, because we we went through like you know the difficult times and stuff. But when we started winning, we loved all how we were winning the British way, and you know we not like United that feel like we this entitlement of winning pretty. We just want to win, and a lot of the time winning dirty is what we know. So yeah, well, I mean, this is it. I mean, but it's kind of if if it's there and implements and it works out fantastic. The way I'm looking at it, I'm there going, this, it's Chelsea. I, I, he could be gone if we lose four games on the bounce. Mm. It's, it's kind of, I look at that. I'm, unless you, Chelsea make it clear by saying, we have adapted our philosophy, we are changing, mm. and get rid of this opaqueness and speak to the fans about stuff, much like City did. They, they literally said from day one, when Mark Hughes walked through, walked through the door in 2008, yeah, we want a manager who's going to win this. Pep Guardiola turned up and they went, yeah, we're going to have him in a few years' time. And mm. everyone's known that that is going to be the case for mm. years and years and years and years. Yeah. They developed the project that way. They brought in Tichy Bergeson. They knew what they were doing. Yep. And then they kind of developed it and now what they've got because they developed this project. Well, exactly. They were a chopper changing managers, yeah, yeah, but well, it's because they couldn't bring him in at that point. Well, that's testament to why, why, why we should give Sari a little bit more. You know, he had still had fucking Conte hanging about in pre-season. <laughs> you know, he didn't yeah. have any of this. But um, i tell you what, Louis, Louis, we've gone over, mate. So what I want to do is I'm going to push a Hudson the uh, Joy chat into part two because, to be honest, we're going to be previewing uh, Bournemouth and uh, Huddersfield, so we won't be chatting about that for too long. So it'd be nice to have a little bit of time on them on Callum. So this is going to be... Uh, it for part one and we'll we'll chat to you guys in part two welcome back to part two Yannick and Chelsea here with my main man Louis from 100% Chelsea um, and before we get on to the previews let's talk Callum Hudson Adoy Louis before I get your um, your thoughts on it just to sort of let's round up the narrative wonder kid from the academy been there since eight Chelsea fan a lot of people have known his great talent for a long, long time. Um, he looks like he loves Chelsea. His pinned tweet is still like I was. I watched his first. I don't know if you were there against them in the Europa League game when he got the goal and assist. I really. I was right next to the goal when he uh, scored that. And I've never seen a kid so happy to score his first goal for his club. Um, and all this. I mean, everyone listening will know the the story about how apparently transfer request, how he wants to go to Bayern Munich. Um, how he wants to do a Jaden Sancho, and on the surface, it looks like a very, very good offer, and you could understand why his camp would want him to go, or certainly tell him to go, mm. and not, not to trust Chelsea. But he played in this game. Uh, before we talk about the narrative about his potential move and stuff, how did you think he played in the Sheffield game, Louis? I think you just need to look at that goal he scored, I think, and then, and yeah. that that is just the little cutback, the little. It's, oh my god! I'm just, I'm just thinking about it now, and it turns me on a bit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the way the way he's, he stops the ball, Ronaldo chops it, 
Or it's almost like it was almost like a Ronaldo chop slash Cruyff turn slash mm. fucking amazing bollocks, whatever it was. Mm. And he, he just curls it. Yeah, and the other guy, you're 18, and he did that against the championship yeah. thing. I mean, it's love. It's lovely, but it, it, the thing it was such a nice girl. But the thing that pissed me off on commentary because I was watching it on BBC is Lauro. The fucking wanker said, um, "said Oh yeah, goalkeeper's got to be doing better." And I was thinking, no, he's not. He cut, like you say, that little cutback. The keeper's wrong-footed because he just doesn't expect him to come inside so quickly and then bang it. So it was close to him, but his weight was shifted. So it was a great finish, and, and it was oh, rightly yeah. praised by the majority of an analysts and pundits. I mean, I, I looked. I looked at Westwood's reaction literally since it went in. He just smiled and just puffed his cheeks out. He's like, yeah. "Fucking hell!" Like, what yeah. was that? Yeah, yeah. It's like saying he was. He was wrong footed he went got put the wrong way and you know like we're already saying Hudson Adoy is a great talent and people have already noticed that mm. question remains though again much like I was saying about sorry you know this is Chelsea mm. uh, if I was in his position I, I would have gone as well yeah I'd be I'd put my track you know what you don't trust me uh, you know well, I, I, I want to go play football but yeah. but at the same time if you've got to look at the other side as well, he's only 18. He's only Patience. 18. All right, so let's talk, just to wrap up on the game, I, I, before the goal, I think the first half he was within himself a little bit because, understandably, he's a kid with all this news about the transfer request. He doesn't know how Chelsea are going to receive him. or But once he, you know, got comfortable in the game, he bangs the goal. And before we get on to the narrative about him a little bit more... um. He loved it. He celebrates. He he loves his teammates. He loves the club. He loves training. He loves playing. He's got a big smile on his face. You know, he's always playing around with his mates, being silly. And you know, the the senior players all love him, and he banter's with them, and he mm. feels welcome. That little like, you know, him and Willian at the end in the post match when he's like, "Oh, I learned that from him," and they're jumping on each other, smiling, and you know. Mm. His yeah, pin, his pin. Sorry, just just to finish, his pin tweet is like, "Oh, so pleased to score." Then that was the goal I was an assist I was telling you about. That I, well, that I watched at the bridge. And he's yeah. like, so so buzzing to get my first. Da, da, da. So he looks like he loves the club, but do you, do you think it's more his camp, like his parents or his brother, or his agent saying, "Look, mate, look at Chelsea's previous. Look at the offer on the table. You love Chelsea, but you can't turn this down." Or do you think it is him? wanting to go even though he loves the club a little bit of both if you ask me yeah. I, I, th- I think that he he's probably looking at it going yeah I mean uh, it's, it's Bayern Munich they're offering me the number 10 shirt they're offering me starting positions alongside mm. Serge Gnabry Kingsley Coman like these are players that have been around for years mm. performing and they're He's basically going to put me ahead of him, and I'm only 18. Get the number 10 shirt, and Robin retires apparently. He, exactly. So it's, it's it's one of those where. Um, you know, I, I I would look at it the same way. He did give very pressy answers when people asked him about it, saying the, when, the one that turned my head the most with that was, "Oh, so Brian spoke to you." He goes, "I can't say I don't know." Kind of going, "Well, you either can't say or you don't know." Like, mm. make, make your mind up, and then you know it's a bit of a pressy answer when they say that because, you know, it's, it's definitely something's going to happen. And the way he walked off the pitch yesterday, he was the last man off the pitch. He went to all four corners of the stadium. To me, that's saying goodbye. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, if he's, if he, well, obviously, just now it's come out about five yeah. minutes ago that he he's not going to leave. Mm. Um, more than five, a couple of hours ago, but yeah, he, um, yeah. he's he's not going to leave, and it's not going to change. Um, but for the same token, uh, if if he if he is if it does end up happening, you'll do at at some point over the next few months that he gets the sort of contract signed. I would have rather it was done now because the the biggest thing is 
if we end up do letting him go, because it's up to him whether he signs a contract or not. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't make him sign a contract. We'll get pennies in comparison to what we could be getting for him now. Well, it's interesting. Matt Law, um, yeah. I mean, Matt Law did tweet about this saying if he plays for Chelsea, scores a few goals, maybe it might even go up because it might make interest from other clubs, even though... Because six months... I know it's 18 months or 12 months, but if we do play him in that six months, trying to convince him to stay, and he bangs, like, X amount of goals and looks really good and the world start looking at him, you know, maybe it won't be pennies. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's difficult to say, but... I th- Okay, so... All right, so let's... Is there a small chance that he's playing this game that he... We, we, he, he wants to play for Chelsea provided he gets a starting spot because there's still a little bit of elements of risk at Bayern and, you know, there will be a daunting element of just generally going to... And it, no matter how chummy he is with Jadon Sancho and the amazing stuff he's doing over there and how alluring that is, mm. if, he, if someone said to you, right, you start every week now on the right wing for Chelsea, Hazard starting on the left, you've got Higuain down the middle and, you know, let's get in the Champions League and you'll be playing Champions League next season. It'd probably go, thank you very much if the contract's like guaranteed assurances. But maybe he just hasn't got those assurances that the club aren't willing to give him. And like, you know, maybe the transfer request is part of that. I don't know. I don't know. Is there. It, I'm clutching at straws massively here, Louis. Don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. But do you think there is a chance that he's just seen how ridiculously bad we've had, like how patient Ruben had to be? He's four years older than him, by the way. Him to say, look what I'm doing right now on the ball against these grown men. I will not struggle for four years like Ruben, who was the wonder kid of the academy, like I am now. I refuse to do that. Mm. So, you know, 85k a week, whatever. But you need to put in this like contract minimum 20 Premier League appearances or something that they're not willing to give or something because of senior players. Do you think here there is a power play going on that that he would sign a contract provided certain terms are met? Like, is that a possibility? If, if that, yeah, but if the power players make 20 Premier League appearances, otherwise I'm leaving, I'd be going, okay, see you later, mate. Yeah, interesting. Because I'd be, be turning around going, I ain't having that. I, you can't dictate what the manager picks. There's clearly a reason why Sari's doing that. It, right or wrong, agree or disagree, mm. to which many of us may disagree, he's picking the 11. If if it's a case, of, the, the way I'm looking at it is, like we've already said, he is he's 18 years old. I'm 21, to put that in perspective. I'm, uh, he, he, he should be in his first year of uni uh, or whatever he's going to be doing, uh, apprenticeship or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, he... Uh, I, I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And also, there's a school of thought that we're handing him, handling him perfectly. You know, I mean, you know, the argument saying now Bayern are interested with trying to charm him a little bit. But these Europa League games, these sub appearances in the Premier League, for someone who's just coming into the sort of first team, that's perfect. Some may even say generous, but let's say perfect for a, man, a, well, a young man of his talents, you know. So I'm with you a little bit in the sense of we can't be held ransom by a kid because Chelsea are a big, proud club. And we, we don't like getting you know, mugged off, even though we can have the tendency to mug ourselves off sometimes. But um, there is an element of not wanting to be held hostage by a kid. And I think the club are conflicted by that. 
by 40 like, say 40% of like not being on a mugged off by a kid 40% of not being on a mug be mugged off by Bayern Munich can look like an idiot because that's bad PR Chelsea struggle with PR at the best of times you know it would be an ongoing it would be on, an ongoing recurring story if he goes to Bayern and becomes a world it would just be on our backs forever and then there's 20% of yeah he's a good player he probably could get in the first team quite soon so it's a shit show right Louis it's a complete shit show but I think for, for me it's, it's just a case of look if he is to leave players come players go I for example I, I don't regret Chelsea selling Salah I don't regret selling Lukaku I don't regret selling De Bruyne mm. at the time the, the sales made sense yes it's all well and good being able to look back and go oh that's a bit gut mm. but you move on you know, like we, for example we wouldn't have, they'll survive yeah exactly I mean, we, we would put it this way. If we didn't sell Lukaku, we wouldn't have got Diego Costa. If we didn't sell De Bruyne, we wouldn't have got Cesc Fabregas. We wouldn't have got players that meant we would have won these league titles in such enticing fashion, which Salah was we're so proud well. of. Salah was bad yeah. for us. To be honest, the way I look at Mo Salah, I look at him and go, I just think he was, the way he said an interview was like, I just he just felt a bit lost. Mm. And the way that he's in at Liverpool, no, he's, yeah, he's had a bit of time to grow up, but at the same time, he... He just feels more at home. I, I tell you what. I tell you what. This uh, just to go on a little tangent with Salah here, mate. The, Sa- the, the Salah Hazard comparison. I'm just. Gonna, I was going to make a video on this because I did the video on like a, a Jorginho thing. That, like, I saw frustra- that. Yeah, so I got frustrated. You have no idea how many tags I got on that video saying you fucking hate Jorginho. Okay, <laughs> and they're going. What? We yeah, ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. But anyway, I was going to do a similar one on the Hazard versus Salah because the Hazard's always the benchmark, isn't he? Every year when there's someone else who's as good as Ozil's better than Hazard, De Bruyne is better than Hazard, Sanchez when he had that great season playing as a nine or a false nine for us, so he's better than Hazard. All these players come and go, but the constant was Hazard. And at the yeah. moment, it's Salah. And Salah has been excellent. But my thing with Salah, right, is... Hazard's been, I know I'm going on the comparison tangent here, but Hazard's been a wonder kid since a teenager. Right? He's been excellent throughout his life. You could put him in any team and it would work miracles. Salah's taken up to like 26 years old to suddenly have the world looking at him. Uh, and that's because he's found the perfect coach, team and system for him. He's a weapon on the counter or speed, and he can finish off chances with these players. And I don't want to make that sound derogatory, because it's not. He's excellent, and in the Premier League, the way he's performing. But they're different players. You know, you won't see him pick up the ball, hold up, play dribble round people, do one twos like um, Hazard does. You know, and go deep and then curl one in after an amazing run of moves like that. But Salah will run at you, score a goal, bang one, tap one in, you know, and just be a relentless goal scorer. But he wasn't always like that. He's sort of, as you said, he's home. That's what I wanted to pick up on what you said. Like, he's found this place that makes him an effective tool. Not a world-class player in all these attributes, because he's not, you know. He he wasn't... He doesn't have to be all attributes, though. He, he is a world-class player. Like, yeah. I, I think it's kind of a case of last season, I went, okay, he's only one season, let's see if he does it again this year he's doing it again this mm. year i think he, he's there's no doubt he's a world-class player but the thing you picked up on is he's a fantastic tool and i don't i don't think i don't think a lot of people do see that as derogatory and i don't think to be a massive weapon in a, in a team which is so capable of doing stuff mm. put it this way liverpool won the league this year god for fucking bid mm. uh i'll be going off the internet and everything for a whole summer yeah. um 
look, if they do, then he's going to be such a massive part of it. Of course. And I think it's kind of a well, case Van, of... I'd argue Van Dyke maybe just over that, but yeah, go oh, on. Yeah, no, but, yeah, no, the math is a Van Dyke is, mm. is going to be the main reason. You know, he's, yeah. We've already seen what he did in half a season. Yeah, um, go on, give it, go on. I think it's kind of a kind of a case of, you know, Mo Salah is is a massive player for Liverpool. He's a massive player for Egypt. He's an icon. You know, if you're going to look at someone who you bring in uh, as a, as a as a business, as, in terms of football business, and you're Real Madrid, I'd look at Mo Salah and go, do you know what? That's a little bit of business there. You can corner the North African market, all this stuff. Look, he he's an ideal player for that. Eden Hazard. Uh, the, the comparisons have always annoyed me because mm, they're Hazard different is, players. I think I think the closest one is Özil and Hazard because Hazard's a creator. Mm. He's not he's, he's not a goal scorer. This is what if he does score a lot of goals in a season, it's because he's done well and he's been able to make these opportunities. Yeah. But he always prefers. The, you can always look at him and see he prefers to give the assist. He prefers to help someone else. He prefers to create the Pick space. Up deep like, and dribble. But he's oh, yeah. yeah yeah. But you know. If you watch Hazard, you're you're completely right. Therefore, he won't get the numbers as Salah. But if you watch their their top goals showreel, you know Hazard will wipe the floor of Salah ultimately because you know he'll. It just turns out he does these absolutely world class moves with the finish to bend it in the top corner or these like he'll do like a run down the pitch. Do like a he'll do a one two off his shoulder blade. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll do you remember that glancing like touch off his back, and then like he'll do a back heel, and then he does dummies all the time when he lets it roll, and then back heels stuff like that. that goal you know, against like, West Ham. Yeah, just where he rolled it off his back. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. But he'll do absolutely like maestro little deft touches, and when he dummies it and lets it roll to the opponent, and then one twos and then spins. It's like it's majestic. That's the kind of like messy stuff that he does. That that Salah doesn't, but Salah's more of like a, a whiplash tool. Like, say a weapon at the end of a an attack in a team like if you wanted to take one player that slots into any team that will do like amazing stuff and light up the pitch it would be hazard but if you what if you have a team that's good and you just need an attacking weapon to finish off chances and he's quick you take mm. Salah. yeah i think i think in terms of the hazard on his day is the best player in the premier league that's 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 the thing yeah, yeah. on his day is the key word in that well, sentence yeah, like, because he's not always on his day pund- yeah the majority of pundits would agree would agree with that a lot of them would say our is doing well but if they've watched hazard over the years do amazing things um you know even when he was at Lille, everyone's looking at this kid going what the fuck you know and yeah. and, and, and Salah has emerged yeah. recently as um an incredible player but more importantly just a sort of weapon but but okay, well, that's a nice tangent we went on there, Louis. We managed to get the, the Belgian maestro in himself. Um, we can talk about. I mean, I want to. I want to move on to the the um, previews. But hopefully, I'll get you on again later on in the season, uh, towards the summer, and we oh, can definitely, and we can we can shit ourselves about Hazard a bit more. <laughs> a bit yeah, more of course then. we can. Of course we can. Right. So let's have a look. What what have we got? We got um, Bournemouth away first. Just talk about that. Yes. Um, beat him 2-0 at home relatively comfortably. The nice thing about playing Bournemouth is Eddie Howe, you know, he, he went to Empoli, didn't he, uh, and studied Sari, and they think they've got a bit of a relationship and respect for each other. But the nice Really? Thing about- Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, years ago, so, yeah, so years ago when, um, sorry, this is why I've got so much respect for Eddie Howe, because he's not like, even though he's an English manager, and I know he's like young and... You know, he lost a load of games and everyone gave him a free pass or whatever. But he, when he's a young manager, he put he studies so hard and he went to visit. And they say sorry, said in his presser, and so did in the um, in the in the reverse fixture. They both talked about it, and I was reading about it. He went to um, 
his Empoli side, so obviously pre-Napoli, and he stayed with him for three days and studied his football while he was like learning a bit more his trade at Bournemouth. I think he must have been at Bournemouth, not Burnley, Burnley then. But yeah, so he went to go and stay with him, and he wants to because he likes possession attacking football, Eddie Howe, mm. doesn't he? Um, yeah, he does. So yeah, so it's a not. I mean, that might you know in the presses they might even mention it again. They they did talk about it in the reverse fixture so whether they'll bring it up again but yeah have a little google about it later mate it's quite interesting i will i'm gonna butcher that yeah so um so i got a bit of a lot of respect for him for doing that anyway the nice thing about playing bournemouth is they do try and play a bit more open football they're not going to sit in a low block which for our possession forward hopefully thinking style play that should suit us um it is a way I mean, they did they did sit in a block in the cup game. To be fair, they they mm. did keep their shape. I mean, and that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I mean, they're well, they're looking no. at that. To be honest, more, more they're at teams... home. They're at home, and they and we've played two games recently, uh, yeah. in two cup games that they haven't played, and they would have been preparing a long time for this game to look at frailties, and they're at home. So you reckon that the owners be on them a little bit to to come out mm. and do bits? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I don't think the owners is ever going to be on on a Bournemouth when they play Chelsea. Mm. I think it's kind of a case that the people look at the name and they go Chelsea Football Club and versus Bournemouth, and uh, to the untrained eye and the to a lot of people who watch what's case of that that should be Chelsea's name. Mm. I, I personally feel that look, this is this is where these real tests of having a centre forward is going to be massive for us mm. because, like I was saying, they they sat in a low block. Um, in the in the cup game, they did it in the league game as well. They they didn't really come out. I didn't feel, but it's because I think look, put it this way for Bournemouth, it's a case that they just need to get points on the board. The Premier League is too yeah. lucrative, and it's almost there was an article I read last year saying that some teams lower down the table seem to be scared to come out against bigger teams because they're worried they're going to get battered. I, I I think they'll keep their shape, but as the game goes on, I Counter reckon they attack. might come out a bit more. They'll yeah. they'll counter attack. Yeah, um, Pacey, right? They got uh, Wilson and um, yeah. Frazier. He's, he's nippy, and he they've got they've, Josh King, Josh Stanislas. King. Yeah, they're all quick. They're all quick. So they'll fancy drawing us forward and then sticking some over. But you know, Ake, he'll have a worldie against us. You know, um, how do you feel about him? Because I, I, someone's asking me, would I spend forty million to bring him back? And I'm not too sure. Uh, nah, nah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I rate him incredibly highly. Um, I felt like he was a bit wasted on the Conte being a utility player, like wing back, centre back. But mm. um, he's he's an excellent player. But I don't know how long that buyback clause is on for. It's probably only better for the summer, and then it, maybe after then it's done or whatever. Because if he's like you know two years down the line, if he's an absolute worldie, then maybe get him there. <laughs> but I can't imagine the clause has got that. But I don't know, like. Louise looks like he's going to sign another extension. Rudiger's excellent. I think they are both good enough to get better in this system. When we see Louise do those long, no look, fifty-yard passes, yeah. it is. I mean, he, he's the reason we were scoring for a little bit, David well, Louise. So I'm exactly. kind of and Christen, yeah. Christensen and Ampadu. Uh, he did play Ampadu in that backup Jorginho role, but Ampadu is an excellent centre back when he wants to be. I don't know. I feel like we've got four very capable centre backs. So I don't know. I don't think it's a priority. Um, and I also I feel like if we were going to spend forty million <coughs> on a player, yeah, sorry, would as much as he says he's not interested in the market, I reckon he'd try and put an Italian recommendation in for a real good ball player. Oh, um, players. Yeah, Jesus. well, you know. So, okay. So, question is Iguain going to score in this game? 
Uh, I couldn't tell you. I, I hope he does. I'd, ex- I, I'd, I wouldn't expect him to notch, but I'd expect, I'd expect him to get very, very close. Mm. Um, 90 minutes, please. God, 90 minutes. Uh, and then uh, we can see. I think you just give him a couple of games. Yeah. So and- if he scores, bang. Yeah, well, we can expect Emerson to start in this game because obviously Alonso played mm. the last game. So we'll be getting good crosses and uh, yeah, probably, I think Hudson Adoy played. Did he play 90? Hudson Adoy? I think, well. Yeah, he played, he played 90. So so I I uh, yeah, so he won't be playing. Hopefully he'll play against Huddersfield. But again, we'll have to fucking see about that. Um, mm. uh, oh, Pedro on the right. I don't know if he puts crosses. As P started to remember how to cross. Um, so you know, might might get some balls into the number nine. Um, but how, how do you see? I want to move on to Huddersfield. So how do you see this game going? And give me a score prediction, mate. I'm gonna go two one two one. Yeah, go on. I'll go two one Chelsea against Bournemouth. Yeah, I think we'll concede. I think that uh, you know Callum Wilson's a very good centre forward. Yeah. Uh, as is Josh King, who's a very underrated player. Found out he came from Man United's academy. Completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Another thing is, people um, don't know he's fucking Norwegian. He looks like the most Josh King seems like such an English name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, he seems he seems like someone who's come through and he's like, I, I, he's the fact he's Norwegian. He's called Joshua King. Mm. I think if he, unless unless he like if it had like a Manuel in the middle, and so I went, oh yeah, he's Norwegian. He go, oh, okay, that makes a bit more sense now. Yeah. Well, all right. So I just said Josh King. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that happens. And is Jordan Ibe still there as well? Because I don't know if he flopped he, a little bit. Well, he is. He's still there. He's on the bench now. Good player though. I don't know what happened with that. Um, mm. All right. So I'm going to say three one. I agree. We're going to concede, but I feel like we're going to start. Feeling feeling a bit confident now after these recent wins and um, might take mm. the game to them a little bit. All right, so Huddersfield l- less glamorous. I think that's at home, isn't it? Um, it is fucking up there again. Uh, are they, yeah, right. Have they got that new Dortmund second B team coach in to replace Wagner? Yet? I haven't checked. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's in, in now. The door? Right. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. potential new manager. Well, typical worst time to play him, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. We're at home, Stanford Bridge. Hopefully, complacency in Sari's fearsome uh, or feared mental fragility coming in. Uh, they don't have much firepower, though, have they? Do they? I think they got. Do they get a new striker or like? I think they've got that. They had that Andone guy. Andone, they had didn't that he, Steve yeah. Mooney. No, it's no Andone's. Is he, what, is he Brighton? Is he Brighton? Because I remember Andoni came on and immediately like just pushed Louise on that game. I can't remember where it was. Yeah, like, I, he, I know it's Mounier that plays for them. It's Mounier, mm. not Andoni. And they Mounier got, they got a good. French guy as well. Um, yeah. Is it Depoitre? I think it's Huddersfield. Yeah. Yeah, some great... That's it. It's Depoitre and Mounier is the two yeah. options. Yeah, we're, we're sort of really holding ourselves high, high regarding sports analysts. <laughs> <Yeah. sure. laughs> Alright, well, uh, I mean, I don't know what... Obviously, you think Dortmund, they might be playing some sort of more open football but they're probably going to sit in and dig in against us in this game Louis what do you think mate yeah it's gonna again that's gonna be for me it's another side mm. let's go get the point at Chelsea let's try and keep ourselves afloat because mm. they're right at the bottom of the league yeah yeah all right so I mean okay let's I reckon hopefully Emerson plays against Bournemouth so maybe I guess Alonso might be rotated back in because it's in such I think it's like a three days later isn't it I think it's in quite quick succession these yeah games. it's, so, it's um, a very tough it's, February's gonna be a very gnarly month for me yeah game every three days I think or something like that yeah well I tell you what do you in this game 
this is at home a bit of rest this will be a testing moment to see if Hudson Odoi starts this game right would you would you agree so if he doesn't start that I'd, I'd literally be going if I was in Braga I'd right, just sell me get, get me in the summer mm. I, I'd, I'd even say I don't even want to be used as an option for you guys put me back in the reserves yeah, but, but yeah. very very petulant so I mean he's less yeah. less, less than <laughs> so um I mean yeah after putting on such a great performance, getting adequate rest and being at home against bottom of the... I don't know if they're bottom of the table, but they're like... If they're not 20, if they're 19th or something, aren't they? So, um, yeah. you'd think, fucking hell, mate. If you're not putting me in for this, then... Especially how the cups are heating up oh. now. So, well, we've got a cup final. We've got Man United, so the cups are off the menu. <laughs> or, like, yeah. or like, you know, sub appearances. So, this is it, really, isn't it? This has got to be it, especially with Zola talking about, yeah, we're playing, we value him and stuff. So, you're right, you know. You, you know if, if, yeah, I mean, if, if Zola sits there and he, he says all of this, and then sorry, makes Zola look like a twat by not playing him, mm. they're going to sit there and they're going... Oh, great. It's Chelsea again. Miscommunication. There we go. Pretty standard. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of the case. We've just got to see how this all goes. Mm. It's, it's impossible to analyse hudson Doyle's scenario. It's impossible to analyse what's going to happen with Mauricio Sarr over the next two, three years. Mm. Well, yeah. But, you know, what? first six months, I, it's, I think. So it's kind of a case of let's just see how everything develops. Um, I think that hudson Doyle is definitely someone who needs to start against Huddersfield. Absolutely. He needs, he needs I mean, well, I feel like there is a bit of a turning point on since that loss to Arsenal, so let's hope it continues uh, and then picks up. And you know, if things could turn around and we get positive results, Hudson Odoi plays, and then it would all be coming like roses for Chelsea. Um, we'll have to see, mate. But uh, how do you think this game is going to go, Louis? Um, I'm going to put myself out on a limb. I'm going to say at least at least three goals will be scored by Chelsea. Ooh, hopefully, even with a new coach, try, might trying to dig in. Even even with a new coach, I just think Huddersfield. You know their fans know it as well. When they when I speak to some, they're like they feel they're punching above their weight. Right? It's down, it's just yeah. a yeah. It's kind of a case of like, look, let's just see what happens. Well, but we're just happy to be here. Yeah, um, it's a fucking miracle. I mean, they 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 got promoted two years ago through the playoff final with a negative. No, they got they they, went, they got to the playoffs with a negative goal difference. A mm-hmm. negative goal difference, and they got into the playoffs, and they got through the playoffs to the final and won on penalties. That is like sc- the definition of scraping a promotion, isn't it? Like you can't get more of like a ridiculous promotion than that. And then they, oh yeah, and then they fucking stayed in the league. It's nuts. Oh, that that game pissed me off when they stayed in the league. Yeah. That was so annoying. But it's, I, I, oh, but, and it stops getting fucking Champions League as well, bastards. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, I think you know, it's kind of a case of that like, they are. They're, they're, we, we should be beating them they're, They haven't got the tools mm. Really um, And as Chelsea are You know We are One of the biggest sides In the league And we've seen how the other ones Have been tearing apart mm. We should go and try and do the same I, I, I'm going to Predict 3-1 I feel like we'll, we'll score first Get complacent They'll score A goal To make it level They will get rally With a new coach And then Chelsea wake up And be like No fuck this We're a lot better Let's Slam a couple of goals in, and oh, I think, yeah. and I think if uh, if he doesn't in Bournemouth, Iguain will score in this game. I think. Oh, he's going to score in one of them, definitely. Brilliant. Right, that's that's the reviews done, Louis. Um, hundred percent Chelsea. Let's tell the listeners about that. It's a YouTube channel that um, that you guys do. You do fan cams. Um, 
uh, outside the bridge. You do away days as well. We do. We are every. We are every single. Well, guaranteed in the UK, we are at every single game without fail. That's um, good effort. Obviously, yeah. I mean, student budget doesn't allow us to go to Europe, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we're going to be aiming for that soon. But um, you know, we are we are we are the largest um, Chelsea fan channel uh, on the internet, and you know, we are we do fan cams outside the ground. Mm. We're currently in a bit of a revamp at the minute because. We are, we're trying to get a bit more analytical as well as having that content where you speak to fans as well. Yeah. Um, so we've got a podcast coming. Cool. We've got uh, analyst shows. But obviously, Lawrence has the previews and reviews. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've, got, we've got a lot of stuff coming. Um, get me on the podcast, be- mate. Definitely, mate. 100%. Yeah. As soon as that's up and running, we've got the studio all sorted. Definitely, I'll give you a bell. Lovely scenes. Yeah, mate. I really like your content, man. Uh, you do stuff with other channels as well. Um, I'm sure you'll see Louis' uh, Louis's face on YouTube. Do you want to plug your Twitter, mate, um, so people can find you? Yeah, so if you, if you want to come and slate me for stuff I've said today, uh, I'm on Louis, at Louis underscore Benevente uh, on Twitter, uh, and obviously at 100% Chelsea on all other socials. Um, so that, but uh, yeah, listen, yeah, honestly, I've been a massive fan of your podcast for a while now. I've been listening to it. I really enjoy your content, man. So it was, uh, it's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much. That's for very having kind, me. mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Louis. Thank you very much, bro. You cheers. Big thank you to Louis for joining me on the Anakin Chelsea podcast, and a big thank you to you, listener for joining me once again on another episode of Yannick on Chelsea. I hope you did enjoy it, um, and thank you for just coming back and hanging out with me, listening to my guest, and talking, or rather listening, to me talk about Chelsea. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, please try and support me. Follow me on Twitter, at Chelsea Yannick. Um, subscribe to my pod. Hey, you know what? Tell your friends about Yannick on Chelsea. If they're Chelsea fans, and if they listen to podcasts, who knows? They might enjoy my podcast. (laughs) As always, guys, if you're a listener and you haven't yet given me a rating on iTunes, please help a brother out. You listen, why don't you support me? You just click that little five-star button in iTunes, and it really means a lot. Anyway, up the chills, guys. Keep the blue flag flying high. Carefree, wherever you may be. And I'll see you later.